welcome to the Dunkel Index podcast for this Tuesday, March 9th edition. I'm Ben, and here with me, as always, is my dad, Bob Dunkel. Hey, Ben. I was thinking about getting a haircut today, but I don't know. After after the barber incident with Simmons and Embiid, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking maybe I ought to get, let it get a little, a little shaggier before I head over to the barber shop anytime soon. Yeah, that's probably a good call. Plus, uh, a lot of college hoops on today, so I don't know if you want to step away from the TV for very long. You're right. We got the ACC tournament starting up, and it's back in Greensboro. It was supposed to be in Washington, D.C., but because of COVID, they've moved it back down to Tobacco Road. So uh, that should hopefully help the Dukies. Uh, They need all the friendly karma they can get right now following a tough stretch of three straight losses, including that blowout loss to North Carolina over the weekend. Of course, they're hanging on the precipice of not making the tournament. Uh, But I digress. Shall we get into uh, our two college games and NHL pick? We went two and two last night. Um, We did hit the Zags with an easy cover there against St. Mary's. Um, BYU had struggled, though, against Pepperdine, had to go to OT. So, a little surprising that game was as close as it was. And then we missed our call on the Canadians with a road win, but we did hit Jeff Petrie and our player prop going over a half point. He uh, picked up the only goal of the game for the Canadians. So he was very efficient in his scoring, and that, that got us a win there. So starting off the week in on uh, the 500 side of the ledger, let's see if we can go over today, shall we? Yes. Yeah, let's jump into it. And we're going to go to the ACC tournament where first game's tipping off at 11. But we'll look at the second game, uh, 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern, Boston College versus Duke. BC, 4-15 and 15 this season. Duke, 11-11 11 and 11 overall. Line on this one, though, is Duke by 13 points. So what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, with all eyes on Duke and trying to make the tournament, we couldn't ignore putting this one in the podcast. And it's really hard to remember an NCAA tournament without Duke. Can you pick the date, the last time the Dukies didn't play in the NCAAs, Ben? Um, gosh, has it was it in the last ten years? No, we got to go all <laughs> the way, all the way back to 1995. I mean, you were but a wee small kid at that time. Um, Coach K had had some back issues and took a sabbatical and the season imploded and uh, Duke didn't make it, but has been there every year. Of course, last year being uh, the one omission, nobody made it last year. But uh, when they've had a tournament, Duke's always been there since 1995. But looking shaky right now, uh, they've come into this one 11 and 11. And as I mentioned, have lost their last three, uh, including that blowout loss against the Tar Heels over the weekend. It's going to take five victories in five days for Duke to get in. They pretty much have to run the table at this point to make it. And uh, not looking likely, given how they've been playing of late. But they do look pretty good in this matchup today against the Eagles. Uh, they couldn't have probably handpicked a better opponent coming out of the gates. As I said, this one uh, has shifted back to Greensboro, and uh, hopefully uh, where Duke has had a lot of success in recent history, uh, that will bring some good vibes to the Blue Devils. 
But so should a four and 15 BC team who've lost six of their last seven coming into this one. And a big problem for the Eagles has been an almost non-existent defense. BC comes in ranked 332nd in the nation in scoring defense, 341st in guarding the field goal, and just 304th in rebounding. So just about every metric you're looking at on the defensive side is far less than standard right now for the Boston College Eagles. Uh, does not compare well, certainly with Duke's offense, which even with all the problems Duke has had this year, they can still put points on the board. Matthew Hurt, who leads the team with 18.7 points per game, was good enough to make first team all ACC. Boston College had no team, uh, no player on any of the all ACC uh, teams. And DJ Stewart, who averaged 13 points per game, made the all freshman team. As a team, the Blue Devils ranked 68th in the nation in scoring at 75.8 points per game and a very solid 57 in field goal percentage at 46.6. So they've been very efficient on the offensive end. It's been a long season for Duke already, as we mentioned. Uh, the COVID issues surrounded the team early. Jalen Johnson's departure in uh, February kind of hit them late. They did have a nice little burst after Johnson left, but as I said, come into this one having lost three straight. But they do look good enough to get past uh, Boston College today, who come into this one 0 10 and 1 in their last 11 March games. We're going to take the team and the program at least with the better March resume right now. We're going to go with the Duke Blue Devils on this one, minus the 13. Okay. And I know it's hard to root for Duke anytime, but seeing them make the tournament as a 16 seed might be kind of fun. And you know, that's a great call. That would be, you know, we're so used to them being a one or two, but to see them try to come out of a 16 and, and to see them go up against a one mm -hmm. would be a dynamic we've never seen before and definitely would be worth, uh, worth the wait for. And, I've got to think the ratings for that kind of game would be through the through the roof. Not that ratings necessarily play into the selection process, but certainly doesn't hurt um, if everything else is equal. But I think Duke's got got to run the table, or at least get to the ACC final um, to have any shot at that. So that road starts today. All right, a little bracketology there. <laughs> Move over, Lenardi. So uh, moving on to our second game, a team that definitely going to make the tournament, Gonzaga, uh, that matchup with BYU that we talked about yesterday. Here it is. So BYU 20-5 and five now overall, Gonzaga 25-0. and 0. They're number one overall in college basketball. Line on this one, Gonzaga by 14. So what do you think? Yeah, here's a scenario for you, playing out your theory that, you know, Duke could make it if they made it as a 16th seed. How about a Duke-Gonzaga matchup in the first round? And, of course, we're not doing um, uh, regions this year. Every every game's going to be in Indiana, so it wouldn't be like Duke would have to go on the road and play out west either. So that would be a, a very interesting game, no doubt about it. But, yeah, no, no suspense here for Gonzaga making the tournament. They will be the number one overall seed. And, you know, as long as it's been since Duke missed the NCAAs, 
it's almost been as long since Gonzaga was not in the West Coast Conference Finals. Uh, this is going to be the 24th straight WCC final for the Bulldogs, and they advanced last night as the index had predicted with a very comfortable 78-55 win over an outmanned St. Mary's team. Bulldogs coach Mark Few said afterward that he expects even more energy out of his guys moving forward. He mentioned yesterday they're on a mission not only to be the first undefeated team since the Indiana Hoosiers in 76, but also to finally get into the national championship column with a win. So uh, a lot on the line for the Bulldogs and with the talent they've got, if you've got energy to match, every team needs to be worried about that. And that includes the BYU Cougars tonight. Um, as expected, as I said yesterday, uh, Gonzaga jumped out on the Gales early. They went up 11-2 uh, with a nice 11-0 run right out of the gate. And they never looked back. All five of their starters were in double figures, led by Drew Timmy with 18 and Joel Ayayi with 16. Um, this is not new for the Bulldogs, getting high-caliber scoring, uh, balanced scoring from all their starters. Uh, they lead the nation in scoring at 92.9 points per game and an unbelievable field goal percentage at 55.3%. I mean, it's one thing to have a player shooting over 50%, but as a team, 55.3 is unbelievable. Talk about offensive efficiency. Simply put, they shoot a lot and they don't miss very often. Cougars did not do the same yesterday. As I mentioned, they had a tougher game than the index had expected against Pepperdine. They trailed by 12 points in the first half and needed the extra session to get past the waves, 82 to 77. Uh, coming off an overtime contest to face the top-ranked Bulldogs tonight with no rest in between, very uphill battle. Uh, the Cougars did give the Bulldogs a decent game in Provo on February 8th, kept it to 82-71, uh, even though it was a double-digit spread. That was the closest any West Coast Conference opponent had come to Gonzaga this year. But when they played the first game in Spokane back on January 7th, that was a little more conventional outcome, 86-79 in the Bulldogs' favor. Uh, the favorite in this series has definitely dominated. These games do not tend to be close. Favorite is now 16-6-4 ATS in the last 26 meetings. And the Bulldogs, whether they're home, away, or on a neutral court, it doesn't matter. Tonight it's a neutral court in Las Vegas, 6-1 and one against the spread in their last seven as a neutral site favor. Meanwhile, the Cougars... Not very good as an underdog at a neutral site. Uh, they, in fact, they are 5-23 and 23 against the spread in their last 28 as a neutral site underdog. So in the battle for the West Coast Conference title, even though not a ton on the line for the Bulldogs in terms of their seeding, they do have that perfect season still in their sights. So we think plenty of energy will be on the court tonight, and they certainly have it in the talent column as well. We're going to go with the Bulldogs minus the points. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like that. Bulldogs by at least 15, they should be able to do that. 
Should be able to do that. Uh, you know, tougher opponent than they faced last night in St. Mary's. Boston, or Boston College, BYU can score, uh, but don't have the defense, I think, to keep up with uh, with Gonzaga's offense. Gonzaga obviously brings it at both ends of the court. So, yeah, probably same kind of outcome. Better opponent tonight than last night, but similar outcome. All right, so let's move now to our NHL game of the day. We've yeah. got we've got Chicago at Dallas Blackhawks 13 8 and 5 this season, Stars 7 8 and 5 overall. Line here is our money line, pardon me. Dallas minus 135. What do you think about this one? Well, I like this game because you talk about two teams who tried to outdo each other in their last contest for worse losses. All right, see which one you think was worse, Ben. You got the Blackhawks on the one hand who jumped out to a 3 nothing lead on the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending champion Tampa Bay Lightning, in the second period on their home ice. But then they give up six unanswered goals and end up losing 6-3. So you got that on one hand, or you got your Dallas Stars who dug themselves an 0-3 hole in the third period in their most recent game against Nashville, scored three goals in the last 7.30 of regulation to tie it up, but then lose in, in, uh, in overtime in the shootout. Uh, that's their fifth loss in six games. So which, which one would you rather have? Ooh, the five out of six, I think, tips the balance uh, for the Stars. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, emblematic of the Stars' play of late. Um, but needless to say, for both teams, an important bounce-back game here tonight. Uh, for the Blackhawks, the collapse down the stretch has uh, definitely been a troubling sign of late. Uh, Chicago has given up at least three goals in six of their last eight games, and that includes five to Columbus and Detroit, uh, not exactly offensive powerhouses right now. Overall, the Blackhawks now rank 16th in goals per game allowed and 31st in shots allowed. Uh, So they definitely have not been tightening it up on the defensive end. It should be a welcome sight for a Dallas offense, which, frankly, the first two and a half periods against Nashville was more indicative of Dallas's offense recently than the three goals they scored in the last seven minutes. Uh, On the season, they are now 20th in scoring and 28th in shots. So they need an easy defense to go up against tonight, and Chicago looks like they could comply with that. Stars' defense continues to show up on their end. Uh, they posted two shutouts against Florida and Columbus in the last two weeks, and they held the high-scoring Lightning, who put six points uh, on the board very easily against Chicago in a period and a half on Sunday. Uh, the Stars held the Lightning to just two goals and a loss on March 2nd. Overall, Dallas now ranks seventh in goals allowed and fifth in shots allowed. So. We do know the Stars will bring a defense to the ice tonight with them. Should be noted tonight that two veterans have a chance to reach milestones. For the Blackhawks, Patrick Kane is set to play in his 1,000th game in his Hall of Fame career. And for the Stars, Jamie Benn needs just one point to reach 700 on his career. He's got 304 goals and 395 assists. 
while a focus so far offensively for the Stars has been on Joe Pavelski. Uh, he leads the team with 12 goals and 23 points. Um, at minus 160 to go over 0.5 points tonight, that seemed a little rich for us. So we're going to focus on Ben tonight for our player prop. Uh, as I said, he's going for a milestone tonight to reach 700. And that seems to have been a nice incentive for him in the last couple games. In fact, he's put up a point in each of his last three contests. So at minus 130, that looks like a much better value at this stage than Pavelski. So we're going to go with Jamie Ben minus 130 to go over half a point tonight for our player prop. Uh, on the game pick, we are going to go with the defensive team in the Stars tonight, uh, especially given the Blackhawks being 0-4 in their last four games coming off a loss by three or more goals. So at minus 135, that looks like a pretty good value for, for the home team tonight to get off the schneid, take advantage of a Chicago team that has been pretty disappointing on the defensive end this season, especially of late. We'll take the Stars to win tonight. All right, there you go. Hopefully two winners. Hopefully two winners on the ice, two winners on the hardwood there. And we'll head into our NBA picks tomorrow on a winning streak. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, you know, March heating up, getting ready for March Madness. So it's a good time to start uh, getting some luck on our side. I agree with that. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're going with two big names on the college ranks. Certainly the Bulldogs deserve it. But I think Duke comes out of here today, at least with a, a solid win on Boston against Boston College. Where they go from here, we'll have to see. But uh, it does look like a, a matchup that is to their liking. So that one tips off early, 4.30, as you said, Ben, Eastern time. So plenty of round ball to keep, keep us occupied today. For sure. All right. Looking forward to it. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, that's it for us today. Sounds good, Ben. Yeah, thanks, everybody. And uh, come to dunkelindex.com for all your picks for today's college basketball schedule as well as the NHL schedule. And we've got our preview for this week's Players' Championship on the PGA Tour, so don't want to miss that. And uh, appreciate you visiting the site and, as always, listening to the podcast. Yep. All right, well, we'll be back uh, tomorrow. Sounds good, Ben. Have a good night. Cool. See ya.